0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on SiriusXM XM Patriot. A lot of you have questions. Certainly you've voiced them on this show and others, I'm sure, to your neighbors and friends. Questions about H.R. 1, as proposed by the Democrats, the For the People Act of 2021. But what's in it? What is it really about? I'll ask Ken Cuccinelli, former Deputy Secretary of U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and now a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, the launch of a project uh, and a war chest of some five million dollars, as reported by Real Clear Politics. Uh, Ken, to take on and stop HR1, what's the latest update?
1: Well, of course. <clears throat> It's uh, slated for a vote Wednesday, and you've got all the Democrats in the House co-sponsoring it, which is really amazing, given how radical this legislation is. I think of my own home state, where we have Democrat Allison Spanberger, or Abigail Spanberger, who you may remember sort of gave her own caucus a tongue lashing after the election for being so radical. And, and uh, you know, the defund the police and the socialism, she said, you know, you people are trying to get me unelected yet she goes and signs on to a bill like this this is really radical stuff um and uh i mean the the free speech parts of the bill are so bad that even the aclu opposes some of those provisions and uh this is a federal takeover of um of all of elections uh it would block just to give you a sense of how crazy some of this stuff is david It would forbid states from requiring photo ID to vote. Why would you block such a basic security provision? Well, gee, why would you block such a basic security provision? (laughs) Maybe to make elections less secure. And you can go through just element by element. They insist on massive use of ballot drop boxes, which are hard to observe, hard to secure, um, are tools of fraud, and um, when improperly or overly used. And it's just one thing after another, David. You've got financing of elections in here, public financing. They want 16 year olds to register to vote. Um, They have ordered states to register people to vote via. Every virtually every agency that the state has, which is incredibly complicated and difficult to begin with. Um, but um, that also is an invitation to all these illegals who they're inviting into the country to be automatically registered to vote. And then there's no penalty for them if they assert that they didn't know they were being automatically registered to vote. And the law says you have to take their word for it. I mean it's just one crazy thing after another. I've never seen anything like it and it is a federal takeover of elections and it's intended to dirty them up. This isn't the, this isn't for the people. This is after the people. That's what this bill is.
0: I want to go to that last point, and I don't think people should take any of this lightly, but especially, you know, Ken, you're a process guy. You know how it needs to work to be effective, and you've done that at different levels of government, not just in the Trump administration. I go back to the Help America Vote Act, the Clinton years. The lack of voter ID combined with that, with weak license requirements for what is one of the breeder documents in our society, a driver's license, allowed people to be automatically registered. First, they could get driver's licenses with just about any kind of fraud and fakery very easily back then. It's changed a lot now with driver's license requirements. But this, to me, seems like an effort to bring us back to that. And the point you mentioned about removing the punitive, in other words, oh, I went and got a driver's license. Yeah, it's tougher now, but I went and got it. You registered me. You're not going to punish me. So what? To me, this seems like that very same play again, because you can't roll it back easily.
1: No, you, you definitely cannot. And you said you mentioned being a process guy, and that's true, David. And, you know, if the filibuster survives in the Senate and what's called the Bird rule, people know what the filibuster is, but the Bird rule requires basically doesn't allow you to put what would otherwise be legislation on an appropriation bill in the Senate. And appropriation bills can be approved with 51 votes. So if the bird rule is gone, it's an end run around the filibuster. So I say all that to point out that part of our effort isn't just directed to HR1. It is that to preserve, to beat HR1, we need to preserve the filibuster and we need to preserve the bird rule, so called bird rule named after Robert Byrd, the great appropriator. Certainly, they thought he was great in West Virginia. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the focus on that is Democrat Senator Joe Manchin in West Virginia, Democrat Senator Sinema in Arizona, and Democrat Senator Tester in Montana. Those three uh, have so far taken the public position that they do not want to weaken the filibuster, uh, so it's a long tradition in the Senate. Um, and, um, you know, as long as that position holds, they will need 60 votes to pass H.R. 1. So those all go together. So your listeners in Arizona and Montana and, and West Virginia in particular ought to be calling their senators. And so far, they're good. So you don't have to ball them out. You should encourage them. And But I would do it conditionally and say, hey, so long as you stay good on this, I'll be happy with you. And, um, you know, those messages get through, they matter. And, um, and people should make those phone calls.
0: Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Ken. I'll remind the audience that I'll be speaking with Mark Burnovich, the Arizona Attorney General, in the third hour Great. about the ballot harvesting case. Uh, so this all ties together. These are these are important topics, Ken, because yeah. outside of the fever and the fervor around elections, this is where the battlefield is really set the way I see it. When you have these precedents, these cases, these processes in place, you, you know, you can be Abuse them, and, and this is an abuse of our election system because it makes it in many ways unmanageable, but controlled from that federal level. Ballot harvesting uh, is a big issue, but not to get too far off track. What else in HR one? Uh, Do you see I mean, you've outlined a number of things as an effort that the Democrats may push even more separately. Is there something there that we should watch out for? Because there's a lot of talk about it, not a lot of understanding out there in the country.
1: Yeah, so um, the they have a number of other things in here. They force redistricting methods on all the states they decide how redistricting will take place in all of the states and um you of course that is intended as all of this is intended to uh to be for their benefit um they uh they order that felons be allowed to vote in every state in my state virginia felons are not allowed to vote um and they start criminalizing speech. When I mention the free speech things, they criminalize what they call false statements about election endorsements, pres- election procedures, voter eligibility requirements, um, and very vaguely worded stuff where they can start prosecuting, and of course they'll only prosecute Republicans, um, for alleged false statements. And they'll bring those forward. Um, And this is why even the ACLU has problems with parts of this bill. Um, They order how ballots must be accepted. They order every university to establish a campus vote coordinator. Does that sound like something out of, you know, a, a banana republic or what? Um, Actually, it sounds and, like something uh,
0: out of the Chinese Communist Party with the neighbor sure coordinators for their apartment complexes, homeowners associations and local government interactions. That is exactly what they do in China.
1: Well, that's right. And there's there's a lot more like this. That's why I renamed the bill slightly. And they also prohibit criminal prosecution of non-citizens for voting if they were automatically registered or consented to automatic registration. And because all these agencies are required to do this, you get this two-handed play going on. They say technically it's illegal for a non-citizen to vote, but you can't prosecute them. So what's gonna happen? They're effectively, as a practical matter, actually allowing non-citizens to vote. They're, they're setting up a system where that cannot be policed. And they're doing it very intentionally. You
0: know, for It's about them to
1: maintaining power. That's what it's about. Yeah,
0: and gaining more power, I would say. I was about to say for everyone listening, and I've put it up on my social media, the facts about HR1 uh, is up there, a report by the Heritage Foundation, and I'm speaking with Ken Cuccinelli about this. Uh, you know, Ken making it unwieldy, unwieldy, unworkable, the contradictions you're pointing out, you know, the, all of this, uh, this is a common play by those who want to control, you know, the overarching arm and weight of government from the federal level. Let's change to the new ICE proposals that puts illegal aliens over American citizens because, there's a there's a parallel track in the thought and the process here of making the system, and again, this is why I like having you on, Ken, all these years, process <laughs> has to work, but you can abuse process by making it contradict itself. So what about this ICE proposal that's on the table? They keep moving forward.
1: Well, which one? I mean, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can to tie ICE up and not. To make it functionally ineffective so that it it fully and completely stops removing people who are here illegally in the United States, which, of course, is part of why we have the flood at the border, because there's no backside consequence, and they've announced that to the whole world.
0: Well, I guess I'm going to the overall, and we'll narrow it down. You and I have talked about a couple of aspects already, you know, and the, the beds, you know, the way they do it with funding, with uh, the the release programs. I call it the balkanizing of America. Removal is, I think, the biggest item right now, and they keep going back and forth. You know, pr- one claim from the Biden administration is, well, we're just prioritizing. But sexual offenders yeah, are not on that list. De, a,
1: a better word, Dave, is deprioritizing. If you aren't a proven terrorist, rapist, or murderer, you're not getting deported under this administration. That's their priorities. And when they say priorities, they essentially mean that's it. We live in a sanctuary nation under the Biden administration. They are literally trying to tie the trying to tie their own ICE agency up in knots absolutely. And they're doing it. They are doing it. And if you work at ICE and that's what your bosses are doing, you know, what do you do? You're not really in a position to fight that and stay employed. Um, It's a very difficult arrangement and a very dangerous one to put law enforcement agents in. And that's what they're doing. They don't care about the law enforcement agents.
0: You know, the Remain in Mexico policy is part of this, and you mentioned that before. Uh, if you open that floodgate and you bring it in, what are the chances of reversing course on that, under this administration or not, or even beyond it? Because in a lot of ways I see this as you make the problem what I would call too big to fix at least without some grand amnesty or otherwise and it seems to me that that's the goal make this too big to oh fix. sure no question that these things are all connected frankly hr1
1: is connected you know when they prohibit the prosecution of people they automatically register well of course that's what they're doing they're trying to load the voter rolls with illegal aliens and others and and frankly dirty up the elections because they believe they are advantaged by that. And, um, you know, that's no good for America. It's not, it, it, it doesn't work for our form of government. Um, and, uh, and that's why so many of us see this as a very fundamental existential fight. Because if they can just sweep in a bunch of illegal folks, they can start winning elections all over the place.
0: And America loses because if you're winning America an election, loses. that doesn't represent. Yeah, we've gone the best from America first to, to America last year. Wow, I, I mean, you're you're drawing that connection as well, Ken, between uh, HR one and the actions around immigration and our immigration system. Again, back to that point of process and control. They're creating control yep. structures that. You know, they talk about election integrity on the left, but yet everything they do is contrary to American integrity in our systems of government.
1: Yeah, that's quite true. And again, they continually see advantage for them in a system that is chaotic, dirty, phrase it however you like. And um, uh, unfortunately, America
0: loses in that situation. Let's wrap up on this point, uh, if you will. Uh, What can this audience do? You have this massive effort against H.R. One. I want to remind people where we started. What can uh, people out there do? What do you want this audience to do? The vote is coming up on Wednesday.
1: Right. Well, I mean, for the House side, um, you know, call You're the Democrats in your state. If you're in Virginia, there you want to aim at the more conservative Democrats or less radically left, maybe the way to say it these days. In Virginia, that's Spanberger and Luria. In Pennsylvania, that's Scott Lamb. They're they're littered across the country, and I'll leave it to your very attentive listeners to know their own states. But those are the people to call and say, Hey, what are you doing sponsoring this thing? this is crazy, radical stuff. You need to get off it. And um, don't I don't want to offer a lot of hope that that's going to work. But it is an action item that you can do and tell them I'm going to remember this. Um, If you live in their state, but not their district, if you ever run anywhere else other than that congressional district, I'm going to remember this. And um, every every congressman thinks he's going to be senator or president. So um, or she's going to be governor or whatever. So you know, anybody from the state matters, not as much as people in their district, but those calls should be made. And then the people who live in West Virginia, Montana, and Arizona, you're going to talk to Mark Burnovich, tell him I said hello, we're attorneys general uh, together, he's still there. And, um, and, you know, those are going to be three key senators, they need to hold strong, Joe Manchin has never been the deciding vote in our favor on anything. You know, he's he sort of played as this sort of conservative Democrat. He was just in the he was just in the uh, Senate floor praising Jennifer Granholm uh, and and her clean energy and, and the and the climate change fight and et cetera, et cetera. This is a senator from West Virginia. So, you know, he comes home and plays himself as conservative in D.C., he has never been the deciding vote against Chuck, what Chuck Schumer wanted. So it's going to be important for Tester and Cinema to be there with him, or he will fall.
0: All right. There's your action items, folks, from Ken Cuccinelli, Visiting Fellow at Heritage, former Deputy Secretary at DHS. Ken, always informative. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'll pass on your regards to uh, Attorney General Burnovich.
1: Yeah, please do.
0: All right. Good to talk to you, Dave. Always. Have a great day. Uh, Thank you. Uh, the articles are up on my social media at David Webb Show. I'll make sure the rest of them go out, uh, whatever we have not hit on Twitter, Parler, uh, Cloud Hub. And uh, we'll make sure we get it out on all the platforms. Gab, I'll get it up there. The Heritage Foundation analysis, the uh, information on this effort to kill HR1, as outlined uh, by Ken Cuccinelli. I'll be right back. Join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.